Welcome to Adam vs. the Man. Today is August 12, 2021, because my computer told me. And if my computer told me, then I know it's true. My computer has told me a lot of very interesting things recently that we are going to tell you about. With that, we're going to jump right into this because we've got Ed Vallejo as our co-host today. We've got three incredible guests lined up. All the two of them, it's kind of like a two-for-one. we got Dean Richards and Curtis Carpenter, founders of Lit Hemp. Yeah. Lit Psychoactive Hemp. Lit Psychoactive Hemp. What's in the description is Lit Hemp and then Lit Psychoactive Hemp. Maryland-based Psychoactive Hemp Company. They're going to have to explain that. Oh, yeah. You can get high legally in all 50 states. And then we've also got Victoria Reynolds, uh, Colorado Libertarian Party. Uh, Is she still a chair? She's still a chair, isn't she? Yeah. Um, Various positions of leadership. Uh, She's the chairman of the state party co-founder of Ladies of Liberty, and she is calling in today to promote what, dear? The uh, No Mask Mandate rally in Colorado this weekend. The My Body, My Choice. I'm really excited to talk to her and to, to promote this because I, it, it feels like we see headlines about protests in Europe and France and Germany, even Italy now. Where the pandemic was the worst ever, remember? It was it was Italy and what was the other country? Italy and China at first. And then some others that were like, oh, and then Brazil was really bad. And then but no, they're protesting in Europe against the mandates and the lockdowns and uh the vaccine passports, especially. And in the United States, there's plenty to protest, but it's kind of like they've got it so well managed. There aren't any really or haven't really been any protests of meaningful significance there have been protests of i shouldn't say that that's that's too dismissive because we went to the one in phoenix and it, i mean it was it ended up being a little bit more of a, a trump rally it turned into a trump you know rally. and there's that that partisan domination of everything i mean even in the anti-war movement I, like i was the libertarian in the anti-war movement and you go like well it's being fucking co-opted by the democrats it's being it's every anti-war rally Who's got it? Well, and they're going to, oh, well, they got the table set up. They're going to be the ones funding it. They're going to, you know, and, and taking credit. And then, you know, it turns into, uh, uh, it was, well, Obama rallies. Remember that? The anti war movement disappeared when Obama got the nomination in 2008. So, similarly, uh, we've seen that here in the United States, and there hasn't really been a libertarian breakthrough or even an independent breakthrough. In, in meaningful, large-scale protests. Now, is that the answer? Are we past that? LD disrespect, there have been big ones in New York City, just not covered by mass media. Yeah, so there have been uh, big ones? Big ones? Because we, we didn't get anything about that here. Like, not as it was happening or even leading up to it. So whoever's organizing these isn't even getting out to independent media. Um, if they're organized, they're, uh, you know... Not very well organized, and that's and, and I don't think there's been a big push. There hasn't been there, and I don't want to say like, oh, there needs to be, oh, there should be, or that. I'm kind of disappointed, but uh, is that the answer? Is that how I, as 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 a perhaps you know Americans look at looking looking at protests in Hong Kong and and now in Europe over uh, COVID policy. We oh my gosh, look at them. They're teaching us how to be American. And it's like appreciate the sentiment. If the sentiment is America's kind of behind on resistance right now. 
Sure. But what makes it American resistance is that it is pioneering. This is fundamentally different when we say, yeah, fuck it, we're going to overthrow this empire. We're going we're to say, screw you to King George III. And we're going to, what was the innovation then? Guerrilla warfare. It wasn't protesting. America didn't become America by protesting. Yes, the Boston Tea Party was not an insignificant part of the story in rallying that support. But did the Tea Party overthrow the king? No. It was because when it came down to it, the American founders were better at fucking killing redcoats than they were at killing American guerrilla fighters. So I think now to what's before us in the United States, and we are going to come to this with our COVID block today. Yes, I know. Uh, looking at COVID through a different lens today, we had two sort of subjects that we're looking at. One is the economic manipulation and inflation, up, up, and away inflation. And with the failures of the vaccines and what that means for the long-term expansion of this racket or, or perhaps contraction defeat, we shall see. With that, Jim, give us the producer notes. What's going on? Sounds like a pretty good show we got uh, in store for us. So let's knock out some promos so we can get right into it. That'll be unusual for us. Uh, T.me forward slash Adam versus the man. That's where you can follow along with all the links of all the crazy shit we're going to talk about today. So definitely get yourself connected. No matter when you're watching this show, everyone's welcome. It's free. Just go to Telegram. Join T.me forward slash Adam versus the man. Next, Patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man. One, five, ten, even $50 a month package. $10 a month will get you access to what's called the Private Producers Club, another group on Telegram that's not free for anybody to join. You have to pay 10 bucks a month or win one of our awesome contests when we have them. Uh, if you want to get involved with that, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man. Next, we go to Instagram. The handle is at the Garden of Freedom. You can see the new pictures of the new doggo up there in Gardenia. If you want to follow this dog's life, the best place to do that would probably be at the Garden of Freedom on Instagram. So for that and everything else related to life up in Gardenia, check out Instagram at the Garden of Freedom. Next, we go to HomefrontBattleBuddies.com, the best veterans nonprofit organization that's trying to end the need for veterans, combat veterans in the first place. Uh, all of your donations are taxed. Damn it. All of your donations are theft deductible, so definitely take advantage of that at homefrontbattlebuddies.com. Next, we move on to the crypto, the number six.com, the, the Bitcoin church that was rated up in Keene, New Hampshire. This site can tell you all about it. The crypt, uh, cryptocurrency QR codes are right here, so you can donate to their legal funds if you have the means, or you can write to Mr. Nobody, who's still sitting in a cage for this. Uh, so definitely take care of that via the crypto six.com. Lastly, we talk about the go green energy online.com, the best website we send people to, to learn how to do it yourself. When you're looking to go off grid with solar panels, micro wind power, learn more about zero energy homes. If you want to, if you want to learn how to do it yourself and go off grid, do it at go green energy online.com. That's all I got. Hope you enjoy the show today. And here comes the co-host. All right, with that, ladies and gentlemen, Ed Vallejo from the Lanai over there where the dogs are barking. That's right, from the chilly Lanai this morning. Ooh, I had to put on a coat and long pants, man. It, 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 I guess summer's over. <laughs> <laughs> are you still in Arizona? Hey, we're not, we're not in Arizona anymore, Toto. 
Wait. No. I feel uh, like yeah. in Kansas. You bet. <laughs> We're Toto. in Gardenia now. Toto, comma. Toto. We're, we're not, not in Kansas. Anymore. Anymore. We're, we're not we're in, in Arizona anymore. We're in the Ed, safe place. Ed, we're not in the United States anymore. We're <laughs> in a safer place. We're in Gardenia. Uh, yeah, so Ed, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at the headlines today, and there are some scary things creeping up. Um, and, and I know this has been a significant part of your uh, draw of your attention recently. Uh, but life gets more precious. You're commenting and putting your own comments up while you're on screen. That's what correct. That's about the only way I can get my comments up there. I don't know why, but my, my co-host crew don't seem to like my comments. <laughs> All right. All right. So mask mandates, vaccine mandates. It seems that the mask mandates are kind of falling away at this point in favor of vaccine mandates as the main push but they're still there and they keep bringing them back. It's like, well, mask mandates off, mask mandates on. Now with the vaccine mandates, they're they're toying with how close to mandating for the whole population can we get, right? That's this, this sort of a very conventional analysis, I would think, for sort of indisputable safe analysis for us in looking at the evils of government and corporatism that the vaccine companies want to get as many, if, hey, if you can get the government to force every American to use your products, you're gonna be rich. Well, they, they already are, shit. Uh, but now, it, I don't think, I, I think they're, they're, they're hitting some limits where there's still such a major chunk of the population not vaccinated. And there are enough people realizing, hey, we're, the vaccines aren't really gonna work the way they were sold to us anyway as get back to normal because you're going to need booster shots. We've got a bunch of headlines about that today. It seems like they're just sort of letting this unfold into a new messy annual flu shot racket rather than like they're, they're not the, the, the full tyranny. You know, I, 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 I like to take a, uh, Ed and I have a slightly different approach. I think where I take, uh, I have a greater bias towards, benign tyranny and incompetent tyranny whereas ed has a bias towards thinking deliberate conspiratorial authority in the evil of, of what we're seeing now so what do you see ed mass mandating doing this mandate. on purpose adam they're doing it on purpose they're doing it on purpose they aren't just incompetent and trying to make a stab at trying to help us and fucking up by killing most of us they're doing it on purpose and they started out with the old people so they could stop their social security payments that's what i think life gets precious every day because the people that are trying to get kill me are getting closer and closer and closer that's why i put that comment up there adam this is getting to the point where it's going to it's going to end up in bloodshed i hate saying that i hate saying it but it's going to happen. You, I'm telling you that they started in Tennessee, okay? The volunteer state. That's their that's their laboratory right now, okay? Because in Tennessee, the authority has accepted the idea and is going through with mandated vaccinations, door to door, okay? Oh, look, a super chat. Mike Freeman with a super chat. 
Yeah. I ain't COVID. This is the way it grows, Mike. This is the way it grows. You have to read that. Read it out loud. Ed, you got to read the comment out loud. I got to read it out loud. Oh, because Ed is looking good today because he combed his beard. Mike. Mike's a cool dude, man. We've had him on backstage after and chatted and all of this stuff. This guy is really cool. I I, I dig him. I do. He's cool. Well, our listening it, audience now knows what's going it's, on. It's, it's, good. it's, it's good. also rare to see. I mean, Ed's always had a a, lux, a a luxurious beard, but it's rare that he's successfully really made it look neat, except with the the chin ponytails. And now it's like he's got the mustache, gray halo. Coming around the black chin—that's pretty impressive. That's 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 the, that's the Lord's mixing of my mother and father's DNA into what I am now, and I don't want that changed. Okay, this is not a vaccine, and I wish they'd quit saying vaccine everywhere because when people hear vaccine, they think something that's good for me. Okay, when this is not a vaccine, it is an mRNA gene therapy that reprograms your dna cells at the cellular level okay why do you think they're putting this uh this graphene oxide in trillions of nanoparticles into you i want to i want to zero in on a couple things here i mean one uh the vaccines i want to back you up on that and it's very important And, and and to put it in context it's not like they're selling something totally out there as a vaccine what they did and they actually redefined this in miriam webster they changed the definition of vaccine to they they stretched it a little bit where my understanding is traditionally a vaccine is something that exposes you to a piece of genetic material from a virus or any other pathogen that stimulates an immune response that then creates a, a healthy natural immune response doesn't change anything about your system except now you have uh, the, the antibodies in yeah. your blood flowing throughout your body because your right. immune system's already produced them. Now, what right. they're saying is with this mRNA vaccine, now the, the changing your DNA, I, I kind of want to dispute that because that sounds a little bit like an exaggeration too. Now, they're altering with an mRNA vaccine, they're using the DNA of the cells to create the spike protein that creates the immune response. Is that is that the, your understanding of the mechanics of this? I don't really care to know that precisely because I'm not going to take it anyway because I don't trust right. any of these motherfuckers. Right. I, I, but I, 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 I want to say, here's, here's the thing, Ed. I, I want to back, I have not used the argument because it alters your DNA. One, because I think that's specious scientifically and it might be an, an exaggeration that discredits us and is unnecessary to make the case that we're making okay well is that fair? if you want to if you want to add the the spiritual religious thing in there the it changes your dna to the point where it disconnects you from god you're not a lot you're not able to be connected to god again because we are we are toroidal receptors to uh, a god frequency uh, yeah, Steve okay, Remus. Here's my other problem with change. Okay, hold on, I got to read this from Steve. I believe that's our own Steve Remus. Steve Remus, yes. Monster of my own creation. That is very loud today. Also, I challenge someone to beat my super chat. All right. Okay, so, the, thing, the, thing about, the thing about changing your DNA 
isn't like I I want to I I don't care the mechanism or if it's really true how are they technically changing your DNA because I don't believe that that's true and I I don't care to be if, if someone wants to give me a guess who's going to be a fun way to get into the the science specifics on the mechanics of the vaccines I could do that that'd be fun but I don't I don't really care but it doesn't matter does it change your DNA if if there's no effect it's the effect that matters and with the effects i'm more concerned with the blood clotting side effects that aren't that big a deal and, and i don't want to dismiss that cuz i'm they're more big deal but they're, they're no no they're, they're not that big a deal in the sense statistically like if you could tell americans stop taking the flu, your annual flu vaccine cuz it has occasional side effects stop taking the covid vaccines cuz they have these tiny side effects or you could tell them question government think for yourself and eat right and exercise which would have a more positive shift on everybody's health eat right and exercise even just eat right just hey stop eating shit covered in corn syrup and and bullshit processed food <laughs> products that's more important for your health than taking the vaccine or not i don't want to lose sight of that i don't want to say that the vaccine cuz i don't want to lie to my audience in order to make score political points and say the vaccine is some crazy threat. We have some stories today that back up my more important general narrative that the cure is worse than the disease. We don't need the, to say that the DNA is altered by the vaccines or they're this harmful for this to show that. I think the vaccines are somewhere on the scale of about as dangerous as the virus itself. Yeah. You know, we're we're, we're parsing apart like you know statistically uh, how significant is this how significant is this meanwhile people are dying from isolation and diabetes and that's one of the stories we're going to get to today and drug overdose and family abuse and blah 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 and so to me that that and so when i look at the vaccine i don't really care that much about the marginal side effects honestly like is is it 10,000 deaths is it 100,000 deaths that's pretty significant that could be huge but that's still not the more important thing here which is the the paying attention to the overall racket and how this is being used so the thing that scares me with the vaccines is the po- the long term effects and the possibilities of infertility or blood clots creeping up over a longer period of time so I, dna altering is sort of like this fear existential we don't know thing whereas like blood clots heart attacks strokes that's real that we know that's enough to be afraid of that's enough to say never get it okay but ed the mandates this is more interesting now this is more relevant i think when we come to practical advice for our audience you have a question you wanted to ask them Yeah, that basically our comment to, our comment contest today is how are you going to escape this? What's the best way you're going to sidestep, move over, do something, you know, fake pass or or you got a brother-in-law or how are you going to get through that? Are you going to, you know, self-isolate, you're going to go off grid by yourself? I need to hear the best the best comment up there that's you know, what do we do? This is kind of like what would you do too if they if they mandated them at your uh, at your yeah, work? What are you going to do when they show up knock on your door and say, "Look, you know, you're going to take this or we're going to take you somewhere where it's very uncomfortable." <laughs> you know? I'm I'm the back end of of what I see, okay? I don't look at mainstream much of anything. I, only time I see mainstream is when I run into people that are in the mainstream and they have it on and it's in the background and i'm just amazed at what they see or what's going on 
I just, it amazes me. It really does. Uh, and Drudge Report, if I want to see what's on CNN, I'll pull up Drudge Report. <laughs> it's almost the same thing. You know, it's, it's just yeah. real weird the way they, they've got everybody. I've got a good friend of mine that I've known for over 30 years, okay? And I've been, I've been telling him of everything. He knows everything I've done, right? Of all the stuff that I take rather than, you know, be susceptible to this. Everything I do to keep myself healthy, uh, going off grid, getting uh, I self isolated for the first year off grid by myself. I mean, I did all these things, and he saw me do all these things, and he knows the lengths I've gone to to make sure I don't, you know, I'm not affected by this. And he's ready to go get a vaccination. And I said, "You got to be kidding me!" And he says, "No." And he blah 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 blah, and he starts spewing out everything that mainstream has stuffed into him. And I just, I've, I've, I've written him off. I literally have written him off. It's like, you know what I've been through. You know what I've done. You know my complete story, and you're still ready to go do that, man. You are just, you're as crazy as I always thought you were, you know? When I, when I run into someone like that next, I want to be able to say, you watch a lot of television, don't you? And just kind of, you, you're... Stop and think about where you're getting your information. Uh, Kurt Nago is, is give them the bullets first. When they come with the needles, respond with the bullets. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I I see Ed is saying it's coming to blood. Ed, what what form do you see that in? Like where? Who? I'm I'm expecting it in Tennessee. Okay, they've mandated it in Tennessee. They're going to start going door to door, and they're going to start pulling people out of their houses and taking them. Hopefully not in cattle box cars to some sort of FEMA, you know, uh, uh, quarantine destination, whatever. I don't know. But if they're going to start taking people away and other people are going to start seeing them take people away, I expect to see American patriots rise up, band up, go together, find out where they're doing this and killing these motherfuckers and stopping them in their tracks, okay? I've been saying they cannot come and take our guns because the minute they could take those guys' guns over there, these guys are going to see it and they're going to go waylay them on their way over here. And if they start over here, they're going to see it over there and they're going to waylay them on the way over there. They can't do it everywhere at once because they don't have that much power. They don't have that much manpower. They couldn't do it all everywhere at once. Okay, right. they, can't, they can't start with a national mandate everywhere at once. We're going to knock on everybody's door. And if you don't have it, we're going to put you somewhere because they don't have the space, the manpower, nothing to do something like that. They got to start in one spot and test it, make sure it works, refine it till it does work. And then it'll spread everywhere else until the real people stand up and do what's right. Because that's what's good. Well, if you've got people coming across the borders that are killing people. You, you're, you're going to have people notice that and go and try and stop those people by killing them, okay? Right now, so they're coming across the border not killing people, so we aren't doing anything to them. You get me? Yeah. No, so I, I looked at this, uh, this story. I, I want to pull this up from uh, naturalnews.com. Mike and, Adams. And, and, and we're going to – yeah, they're great. Uh, and we're going to have uh, the health ranger himself, my friend Mike Adams, on – uh, but there's one thing that I that I do want to be critical of them, and 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 I think of you in this argument here, that is, uh, a, 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 and I'm I'm with you on the reasoning, I'm with you on the bigger story, but I think there's a sort of 
unnecessary fear mongering that isn't that isn't necessary to the ideology that we share. It's not necessary to looking at the world. And and one of the things that uh, that that uh, Natural News looked at was there was some government document. It might have been Tennessee where they signed this. Um, yeah, here it is. Um, shocking executive order signed by Tennessee's GOP governor authorizes quarantine uh, quarantines involuntary internment for COVID enforced by National Guard. And it's it's sort of it's looking into the fine print uh, of this document that Tennessee Governor Bill Lee signed, Executive Order 83. Um, and and it says authorizes National Guard and state guard troops to break into people's homes, kidnap them at gunpoint and take them to COVID internment camps all without any due process or respect for civil rights. And it's it's not quite that. It's it that is that seems like yes, you could read this document. And I don't want to say that and, and this isn't uh Mike Adams, this is JD Hayes writing for naturalnews.com, Mike Adams site. I don't want to say that it's it's intellectual that or that it's that it's factually incorrect, but it is kind of intellectually dishonest to say He's authorizing this as opposed to he's using this language in this new COVID executive order that hypothetically makes this possible. And one of the things that's I'll in admit the they're grandstanding, okay? I'll admit they're grandstanding, but they're trying to get people's attention. That's why they have and, to grant. So maybe, yeah, so maybe, maybe our movement needs a website like Natural News that's going to do that for the people for whom you can share a story like this and grab people and suck people in. But I, I think it, it promotes unnecessary fear. And, and it, it, if you get people to zoom in on this one part of the executive order, then maybe they're not seeing the bigger picture as accurately as they should. And they're responding based more out of fear than a rational response. So I want to go to Tennessee since you bring this case up. Tennessee pastor, this is News Channel 3, Tennessee pastor claims Governor Lee has authorized creation of quarantine camps. And there's nothing in there that says quarantine camps. If you look at the, the exact details of this, they're talking about, uh, let's see, Temporary quarantine and isolation facilities may be constructed. The provisions of Tennessee Code annotated section 68-11-202C18 are hereby suspended to allow for the construction of temporary structures, the plans for which would otherwise be subject to review for new construction, additions or substantial alterations as directed by the Commissioner of Health and the Director of TEMA, Tennessee Emergency Management, blah, 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 in response to COVID-19, provided there shall be inspections of such structures to ensure safety as necessary. So to me, this sounds like, what do we see in reality? It's like a little expansion tent sections of hospitals. And this provision is saying that now they can be constructed without the the, the zoning and code enforcement stuff going forward with it. And then they, and there's another part in this bill that I read that said, and this is disturbing, but it's not as, crazy sensationalist as they're making it out to be, that involuntary commitment, which was already a thing in in it's already a thing everywhere in America. If you're if you're crazy enough, society can say, and government is the way they do this, unfortunately, you're too crazy to be in the general public. We're putting you in an insane asylum. No due process. And and it sucks that we say 
as libertarians, yeah, that you you have to forego due process in the name of immediate safety when someone is a threat, whether it's because they're brandishing a weapon, they're making threats, or they're fucking insane. You have to be able to do that. And what the bill said is it can now be done by telephone as opposed to in-person uh, at like it needed there needed to be before this executive order an in-person consultation for a mental health professional to lock someone up okay now they're saying you can do this by phone because covid we don't want you touching or being in, in, in around another person who's crazy but this is not suddenly hey they can call you by the phone send the national guard to kidnap you and put you in a, in, in an internment camp that's not it. This these are these this is a very real fringe development of very dangerous scary things, but if you don't recognize it as that, it's easy to lose sight of the bigger picture and how you can fight back and in Tennessee things are not so crazy and out there like it's some experimental state for for covid internment camps cnn.com has this headline school mask debate in tennessee grows heated as local board requires masks in elementary schools and parents are going without masks to school board meetings where cops are there without masks they're yelling at school board members there are protests so this is not some out there experiment the actual texture on the ground in tennessee is still quite similar to the rest of the country yell at school boards over mask mandates for children that's where the debate is and that's where i go don't freak out about internment camps and 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 go hunker down and isolate from society and keep sending your kids to government schools with mask mandates and be ready to pull them out. No, focus on your children are being fucking traumatized now. We saw this, Joey and I running errands in Flagstaff yesterday. Two parents looking, or two adults looking like parents, front seat of a car, kid in the back seat with a fucking mask on. That's real. Maybe they got the vaccine and they know that they will slough off the vaccine to their kids so they have to have the mask on the kids so that they don't affect them. Because they don't have a vaccine for kids yet, you know? Oh, they do. They're trying. What's this? Uh, Jeremy you know, Schilling. See, I did. You know, every animal that test died within five years. You know, the thing is, is if we test things on animals before we use them on humans and then they're okay to do on animals they might be okay to do on humans if it kills all the animals when you test it but it's an emergency so we're going to use it on humans anyway all right and let's see if we can at least get to this covid block in the next 20 minutes before our guests show up yes sir uh when we, maybe we'll come back to a grab bag of headlines but uh, keep the comments coming. I want to see. I yeah. What are you going to do if they they come to your door? They mandate at your work. They mandate for your kids. I mean, I know my answers. I would never send my kids to a government school in the first place. Okay. Um, I, and 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 I see. Go ahead. Real real world. My wife been twenty six years with Home Depot, trying to trying to retire right, but likes her job, has a great job, great pay, all this stuff having a hard time retiring and letting go right now with the mandate there may be a mandate coming up and she's not going to take it she's not going to take it it's like well is this going to push you over to the edge well she's determined in talking to people that she can 
go on part-time, which saves her job and her position. They have to hold it for a year. And then she can go on uh, extended leave of absence for six months to a year without losing her position and actually test retirement and see how she likes it. And if she doesn't like yeah. it, she can come back. Right. So if they don't if it have the same vaccine mandate by then, or she can ride out this mandated vaccine. Yeah. Because that seems like a reasonable possibility, too, Ed. I don't think they're going to be able to push so far with this that they're going to. The vaccines have been such a failure that I, I don't think they're going to be able to long term successfully push for some kind of mandate. I think this is going to turn into a mess that's like the vaccine companies just going, hey, we got our annual flu racket doubled in scope now it's the annual flu and covid vaccines like oh that seems like a more reasonable outcome than mask and and jab mandates forever and and covid internment camps i don't see it going that way and i don't see that level of fear mongering of these sort of spike exaggerations and the fear mongering from our side as 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 good or credible um because when i see it on the other side and I hear people like citing stuff like uh, they're arguing against me saying, well, Adam, it does look we, we have this fact check thing that says there aren't any COVID internment camps. And it's like, I didn't say there were COVID internment camps. Why are you? Twi well, Natural News said that there might be that there is this thing that they're doing this. And so some of their stupid readers on social media are going out and going, there's COVID internment camps in Tennessee. And it's like, no, no, no. It, it's it's it, it leads to that discrediting. But your wife's story, Ed. Let's go to the first headline here. I, I, it's, a, it's a perfect transition. And this is from fox5newyork.com. Family dollar employees at Nebraska store walk off job, site low pay and long shifts. Like all of them, all of them. A family dollar store in Lincoln, Nebraska reopened Monday after being forced to temporarily close when the entire staff fed up over poor pay, Management and long hours walked off the job. Um, on Sunday, the store's assistant manager ran a failure, and the store's only cashier left a farewell note on the front door of the store that read, "We all quit. Sorry for the inconvenience." <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I love it. You see the note on the in the picture uh, with the story here. And that's how and, you unionize without unions. Well, right? yeah, right. Just, just fucking. Well. Yeah, it's like, do we need unions or do we need everybody to have the courage to just vote with their feet, right? And yeah, in a sense, you need unions as the communication facilitator of this. In some cases, not unions like we know them today, certainly. Uh, but there were there were two other little sidebar stories on this that I thought were interesting and relevant. Uh, Delta, American Airlines Southwest will not mandate COVID-19 vaccine for employees. It's funny to hear that there's so many uh, Did you get into it? Healthcare employees, probably because now, probably so can get it's, away it's genius. It's uh, it's because the president said we don't know what the vaccines are going to do, and I'm not going to force anybody to put this in their body until we know. So Please now, the, okay, good. Common so they're sense. at that point where that kind of common sense can't be denied. Moose girl away. I do not trust the untrustworthy in government and its entities. Do not deserve trust. Indeed. So. I, I guess that's it. These these companies have to look at their employees and go, shit. We until we automate these things, we, we still kind of need them. 
right? And we can't just go along with all the government stuff blindly to the point where our employees are quitting. And so I think there are going to be a lot of cases like Ed's wife. We're just like, you know, you're going to get shitty like this. I'm just going to take a step back. And, you know, even yesterday, Joey and I running errands in Flagstaff, it was like, we were trying to get fucking screen protectors. Best Buy, this is the dumbest little example, oh my God. right? But I, I want to share some of these because I think, that, like, why are we starting this economic COVID block with one family dollar story, right? By the way, the other little sidebar story was McDonald's worried about running out of masks. <laughs> or I'm sorry, paper bags, paper bags. That's and employees having trouble bags, with trays. Right? <laughs> oh my God, oh my God. Uh, but in, in Flagstaff, like Joey ordered these items, Typical, like nothing special about glass screen protectors yeah. for mass-produced phones, right? We're not getting it. We're not getting something rare. They said, okay, available for in-store pickup today when she ordered them. Like they're in stock. They're in the back room. We're going to put them with your name on them at Will Call. Cool. We show up. She checks her email again. Kids don't know what Will Call is, Adam. Really? I barely know what Will Call is. Do we have tickets for a show with your name on them and you show up? at the will call booth or at the ticket booth and say two pick tickets ticket booth it's like a kissing booth but for theater tickets no it's will call they usually have serious theaters anyway but will call whatever they have it with customer service they have it with store pickup it's all store pick no one says will call will call is a way that old people say store pickup kids so it's store pickup and we get there and like we, we drove an hour and it's like we would not have driven that hour. We'd have in not have rain. gone to Flagstaff in the rain with five dogs in the back of the van. No, we wouldn't have. We wouldn't have driven if we hadn't done this. And, and see, I point this out. This is like practical advice. I hope for people. Um, when when we say Babylon is crumbling, corporate functions that we used to take as relatively reliable are all just kind of janky now. Like we realize this with Amazon. Amazon two day shipping now takes five to seven days. That yeah, that's still, and that's the quickest you can get it too. Now it's, like, it's getting that's... a little better now. They're tightening it up, but in a lot Maybe. of cases still. Oh well, an extra day or two, like all of these things. Then this is I, I, I find myself like, why do I not have this adjusted, in the way that I view the world? That like everything corporate, is, is just sort of less reliable, than it was a year and a half ago. And there's nothing you can do about it. Like a, getting shitty experience. Oh, Jay, Justin O'Donnell, Ilya Soman of Cato went on MSNBC this morning saying that libertarians support mandatory vaccinations. I put that story in the producers club. In fact, somebody in that article two or three days ago. Okay. And I, I, um, oh yeah. Two people quoted in that article. I reached out to both of them. One of them replied, come on the show, but they want to talk about charity, not COVID. Well, tough shit. You want to, you know, the, you know fuck this. So, Justin, I, I, this is where I go, like, let's, I want to be a better libertarian by developing my libertarian situational awareness, okay? So, back to my other subject for a second, then I'll get to Justin's comment again. Because this is important to recognize Babylon is crumbling. Corporate shit is just not reliable as it used to be used to expect like pre-covid if there's a fast food restaurant and they're open they're gonna have everything on the menu and they're gonna get it to you pretty fast now neither of those things is fucking true neither 
you go, you go, and 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 Joey and I, we 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 try to do sort of healthy-ish fast food, but we do a decent amount of fast food. Uh, Rock Landstone, my sister works at a hospital currently. She she's at work right now dealing with all the stuff that you are claiming uh, don't exist. I don't I'm think not, Rock again, this is like I'm not saying. Show. What did like, I say doesn't exist? Dude. Anyway, um, come on. Yeah, so back to the subject at hand here. Uh, the crumbling of Babylon, we have to readjust. And this is where this is like libertarian awareness for right now, situational awareness, right? Right now, situational awareness is, hey, guys, Babylon is crumbling. Shit's a little wonky. Pay attention to corporate America in a different way. It, lower your expectations. And also, here's another practical thing. Don't get angry at employees. Most of them fucking hate their jobs and are ready to walk out anyway, right? Don't get angry with employees. The people who are yeah, the people I, who are fucked up enough in their own lives that they have to go take these shitty jobs even now, like, no, be, I be sympathetic to the people who are, like, sucked yeah. into being the mouthpieces at, at your customer service interaction point for, for these corporate behemoths and assholes, right? You treat those people bad enough as it is. I mean, I did 15 years in customer service. Straight vehicle service so you came in and you thought i broke your car and verbally abused me i can't imagine what those people are going through right now now the rock lanzo's comment quickly about the hospital he says he wasn't talking to you he's talking to somebody in the comment feed oh, okay well yeah so again uh, we we you know there are one of the things they're dealing with in hospitals this is the co again COVID's real. It's like we're having this extended, long, bad flu season because there's this new virus or category of viruses of COVID and variants, you know, being introduced. But one, of the, there are a lot of ways we're fucking it up. Obviously, it's making it worse for hospitals, aside from not getting non-vaccine treatments out there and actually coordinating use of uh, natural therapies, alternative therapies, even things, even pharmaceutical interventions like ivermectin, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, hydroxychloroquine that we don't have a better understanding of that and where it's applicable is, is pretty fucked up but one of the things that's really messed up there are nurses and doctors who are being fired as we speak for not taking the vaccine and then they're going well look hospitals are being overrun what do you know they can't no shit vaccines that don't work that they know don't work that they've chosen not to take that you rely on you're saying we need them we need we need to support the frontline heroes. These are the people who were heroes a year and a half ago now going, hey, I don't want to take the vaccine, but I still want to work as a nurse and help people, whether you took it or not. Fuck you. Get out of here. You're, you're not towing the line as part of them. Yeah. All right. So to Justin's comment. Situational awareness for libertarians. There are a lot of people who call themselves libertarians who get paid to call themselves libertarians in order to confuse people about what it means to be a libertarian. So someone from Cato says that libertarians on MSNBC are pro-vaccine. Uh, Moose girl, a way to stop trying to control the others. I can only control myself. Thank you. That's Was there a follow-up comment? Be a libertarian. Was there a follow-up comment there from Justin as well? Yeah, like, again, it, it, we, we even applying this label. Uh, see, my mother is a nurse. This is Justin O'Donnell on YouTube. My mother is a nurse and just got given a two-week ultimatum to get vaxxed or lose her job, even though she has had allergic reactions to vaccines like the flu shot. Wow. Yeah. But that's exactly what I'm talking about. 
Fucking insane. All right, back to the economic stuff because we only have a few minutes now. Marketwatch.com, U.S. wholesale prices surge again. And so inflation still rampant, PPI finds. Yes, you'll get more money from the government and it will buy nothing. Again, supply demand. When you have this crumbling of Babylon, supply is starting to go down. Demand is staying the same or going up. And dollars are more, you have more dollars chasing less goods and services available now being provided. The price of that's going to go up. It's going to be hard to pay people to work. And I mean, I think about this out here, even for me, you know, kind of scrapping as a homesteader, trying to hire neighbors occasionally and go, I, I paid $10 under the table, $10 an hour. And now it's like, nah, not really worth it. Next, CNBC.com. Dow rises 220 points to new record after inflation report is not as bad as feared. This is also the inflation of the stock market. What's, what's this measured in dollars? Points? Oh, yes, sure. Call it points, and we'll forget that it's still driven by dollars created out of thin air by the Federal Reserve System. What now to the vaccine block, right? Wall Street Journal. And this is mainstream shit. I'm not, you don't have to look at esoteric government documents. You don't have to read conspiracy theory websites to go, here's, here's the conspiracy in the open. And, and, and their, their whole narrative, the whole COVID mythology just falling apart. Israel, 80% vaccinated, suffers another COVID-19 surge. Country delivers more booster shots, restores mask and quarantine mandates as Delta variant drives up hospitalizations. Just, it's fucking sick. But wait, there's more. Wall Street Journal. COVID-19 vaccine scammers target authorities in dozens of countries, including Italy and Colombia. Criminal groups and individuals have proposed contracts for millions of dollars to officials. Vaccine makers say they don't use intermediaries and will sell only directly to governments. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can rip off, the, this is the modern Robin Hood. You steal from government, give to the people, right? Steal I from government, give to the poor. I do my best. I do my best. <laughs> yeah. Have you, how many multi-million dollar vaccine contracts have you gotten? Not millions. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, that's what's happening. It's crazy. But, but you can do your part as, as an individual. All right. Now CNBC yeah. is also admitting Here's why herd immunity from COVID is mythical with the Delta variant. It's like, oh, yeah, do we ever try to get herd immunity for the flu? No, you just assume that it's a manageable, acceptable part of the human Petri dish. Achieving herd immunity with COVID vaccines when the highly infectious Delta variant is spreading is not a possibility. The leading epidemiologist said herd immunity is achieved when a majority of people in population are immune to a virus or disease that's achieved through vaccination or natural infection leading to reduced transmission. Sir Andrew Pollard, head of the Oxford Vaccine Group, described the idea of achieving herd immunity as mythical. So one of the things that we see here now, I think, as this is a conspiracy of conspiracies, right? There's no global mastermind. There's some major corporate holding companies like BlackRock and Vanguard that own more than half the big pharma and half the mainstream media. But then there's there are lots of subsidiary conspiracies. There's not they're not totalitarian, literally not totalitarian in the sense that they only own more than half. Corporatism is not uh, the same kind of totalitarian we think of as as with absolute fascism or 
um, you know, with a, with an absolute monarchy system. So there is there is some competition here, and it's competition among these evil conspiracies of conspiracies that are competing amongst each other, right? So in a sense, big pharma has their aim in this, and they're working, they're conspiring with government to get lots of money from the U.S. taxpayers to big pharma to rip them off with this whole thing, right? But at some point, the conspiracy of government, which to me is the the, the big conspiracy, the heart of this whole thing, the, the conspiracy in, in, in the open to dominate and rip everybody off, right? But it, they have to maintain, the government has to, in order to preserve the viability of that racket, government has to maintain a certain degree of credibility. So at some point, they have to, like they, they, they've done in the past with, the, again, big pharma, look at the history, look at all the rackets and the payoffs and the, oh, this was unsafe and now they got sued for this or they settled for that. Government at some point is going to have to throw the vaccine racket under the bus. I don't think, or at least partially, I don't think it's going to last. The, the Now that they are, uh, well, here, Axios.com, run through our last few COVID headlines. New data on coronavirus vaccine effectiveness may be a wake-up call. The study found that the Pfizer vaccine was only 42% effective against infection in July when the Delta variant was dominant. If that's not a wake-up call, I don't know what it is, a senior Biden official told Axios. Now, of course, they're going to say, well, the Moderna one was 86%, and, and, you know, well, it went down to 76, and this went down to 85, and you know, even Moderna's dropped with, you know, was 76 and blah, 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 blah. But we, so we need more of the good ones and we need more boosters and we need more to get there, blah, 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 blah. So to the texture of this now, nearly, this is economic implications. The Guardian.com, nearly half of American workers don't earn enough to afford a one-bedroom rental. What? I I mean, this is horrific as a measure, as an indicator. Um, But it's also a very powerful insight that I'm glad we can so clearly identify because this is undeniable as a major failure of the system, right? You you can work and, and half of Americans with jobs can't afford a one bedroom rental. About one in seven Americans fell behind on rent payments as housing costs continue to increase. During the pandemic, nearly half of American workers do not earn enough to rent rent a one bedroom apartment. Uh, A worker now needs to earn about $20.40 an hour to afford a modest one bedroom rental. The median wage in the U.S. is about $21 an hour. The data is from the National Low-Income Housing Coalition shows that millions of Americans, from Amazon warehouse workers to cab drivers to public school teachers, are struggling to pay rent. For the poorest Americans, market-rate housing is out of reach in virtually all of the country. About 14% of Americans fell behind on rent payments during the pandemic, roughly double the figure before the pandemic. We're screwing something up, people. Now to the mandates. Deadline. Com. LA City Council votes 13-0 to create vaccine requirements for indoor public spaces such as restaurants, movie theaters, concert venues. Now, I'm really glad earlier that Ed raised the possibility of blood in Tennessee. 
I don't think Tennessee is going to be the showdown. It's going to be L.A. But L.A. is pretty compliant, isn't it? You would think perhaps where you have uh, big government overseeing populations that believe in, say, smaller government, that you might have that. But L.A., where they're pushing this, might be where the breaking point is hit first. We are waiting for our guests to address a, an audio issue, by the way. Peter Yapel just shared in the Producers Club 30, 360,000 teens aged 12 to 17 developed heart conditions over COVID-19 shots. Uh, they have the number on this now. Can we really report a number on this? Because we've been covering this uh, through VAERS, Vaccine Open or uh, Vaccine Universal Event Reporting System, which is one of the multiple CDC systems uh, that, that does this. Uh, and with that, we didn't have decisive numbers. How do they see this? Many cases need hospitalization, according to Brian P. Dunleavy. Uh, teens who develop myocarditis after refusing, re receiving the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 typically do so within six days of their second dose, and most are mildly affected by it, according to an analysis published Tuesday by JAMA Cardiology. The condition, which is rare, is characterized by inflammation of the heart muscle that affects its ability to pump blood to the body. In the small study of 15 teens aged 12 to 18, all experienced chest pain within six days of COVID-19 vaccination. Well, two-thirds had a fever. More than half had muscle pain. All 15 patients in the study were hospitalized due to heart complication, <clears throat> but were discharged after an average of two days with a need, uh, without the need for intensive care, and only one had lingering symptoms. So if this is it, the, the, the COVID mythology apologists will defend the vaccines in the face of this and say, well, it's minor, well, it's worth it, well, none of them required hospitalization. And I go, well, fuck, I'm not going to let, oh, I wouldn't let my kids take the risk on the long term when we know the immediate effects are this bad. This should be enough of a warning sign, especially when COVID doesn't really affect kids. Yeah, statistically, they're trying to raise the fringe cases now in order to scare people into supporting mask mandates for children. But the reality of this has been the same from the beginning. Like, oh, the Delta variant is more prone to killing kids. Yeah, right. I don't know. No, there's not, the statistics that they're using to back this up are so tiny and fringe. Matt Baxley, we have tickets to a concert next month, but it looks like they will be requiring Vax oh. records to attend. The seats are in pods and it's outdoors at a speedway what the Whoa, fuck i heard about the pods matt uh Whoa. matt i love you but i'm disappointed in you that Don't you would go. buy tickets to such a concert in the first place i'm going to a concert next week and i call ahead and there's no masks and there's no nothing and it's just a concert and if they had told me anything else i wouldn't have wasted my money yeah so here's another practical thing libertarian situational awareness don't buy tickets to events where there are competing events that you can patronize without endorsing the COVID mythology by that vote with your dollars. It is, it is unconscious consumerism. It, it is uh, unconsciously supporting the COVID mythology and possibly making it worse. We bought them a long time ago. These are new requirements. Okay. Well then you got the perfect excuse there, Matt. No, that's fucked up. I, but see now my, in my case, Burn your tickets. No, in my case, you know what I would say? I don't go to fucking corporate has concerts anyway in the first place. I wouldn't like I don't care how much I like a band you get so big that you're hosting like sorry 
you're not doing a sort of if you're not doing it like guerrilla style I, i'm not gonna go, i don't go to that many concerts anyway because they're all like that you know i go i would i'd be more inclined to go support my favorite local band at a bar okay guests are ready last thing oh you know it's funny before i realized that uh or uh, before uh ed raised the example of Tennessee, I had this in the stack from the Washington Post, MSN.com. Tennessee parents make threats after school board mandates masks. We will find you. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's where the actual fight is. And, again, you can sidestep all this. Get your kids the fuck out of these government schools. I, it pisses me. I mean, and, and you know what? I, I have sympathy for these parents because, like, well, you work. You think you can't homeschool because you get you need that you need both you need parents to working to afford a one bedroom apartment. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you can't afford that, but but you can. And 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 I hate to sound uh, like I'm prescribing something that's very difficult because in a way I'm not. And I understand that it is very difficult in the short term to make those changes, but it's a lot easier than in the long term being angry all the time because you're you're going to school board meetings yelling about this, yelling about that. Anyway, quick story, quick couple of headlines. We'll get to our guests. Special report from Reuters, how the pandemic laid bare America's diabetes crisis. And it tells the story of a woman who was found dead because she was more afraid of COVID than diabetes. She stopped doing her regular diabetes oh care, sitting at home, ordering fast food delivery, found dead at 42, collapsed with a heart attack in her bathroom. Oh, my God. And it's like, yeah, cure is worse than the disease. And the, the and I, I hate to use these, you know, I texture stories that are going to be anecdotal story from Reuters has the statistics to back this up. One of the ways the cure is worse than the disease is how bad we are fucking up diabetics. Yeah. CNSnews.com federal taxes set record through July real federal spending up 47.7% from pre pandemic high. Okay. I know we're getting into the uh, not pandemic exactly economic stuff, Business insider Biden slams Trump for racking up $8 trillion in debt as he vows Democrats will pay for their spending plan by taxing the rich when he fails. Remind me, we're going to come back to this headline. Finally, Washington Post at MSN.com with this opinion from uh, Amy Cuddy and Jill Ellen. Right, let's cool Her name is Jill Ellen. Opinions. That why the stage of the pandemic makes us so anxious. And what they're saying, and, and there's a lot of COVID mythology in this, but she says now many people are experiencing a starkly different set of feelings, <clears throat> blunted emotions, spikes in anxiety and depression, and a desire to drastically change something about their lives. If this sounds familiar, you might be one of the many people experiencing what we've begun to refer to as pandemic flux syndrome. It's admittedly not a clinical term, really nowhere close, but it seems to capture something about the moment we're living through indeed. <clears throat> and that is the reality we're facing right now. Pandemic flux syndrome. Not capacitors. <laughs> pandemic flux. There's something wrong with the pandemic flux capacitor. Marty! <laughs> Smack it with the wrench. All right. <laughs> I hope that that pandemic block has been enlightening, empowering, and practically useful in, in, in putting you in touch with the texture of the pandemic, perhaps beyond your own experiences. I guess we're doing just the whole show 10 minutes late today. Ladies and gentlemen, our first guests today are Dean Richards and Curtis Carpenter, founders of Lit Psychoactive, a Maryland-based psychoactive 
hemp company yes, offering no, handcrafted sneakers. Not uh, hearing stuff. Oh no. Sorry, I still can't hear me. I tried switching from right. my laptop uh, to my cell phone we'll and back. I can't hear a word of what's going on. No worries. No worries. We want to make this happen right. We'll do a test. Uh if we have to cancel this and come back. Hey, um, I'll let Joey's here who set this up and Jim is backstage. I'm gonna keep doing headlines. And if we want to reschedule this, this is a fun interview. We could do we could we could do this tomorrow. We could do this on the Friday show. Because we don't have, uh, wait, no, we have Bethany Hill tomorrow. Did we? And we had Jane Nygaard last Friday. So, but yeah, I we could work them in on a Friday if 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 they want to do this. But yeah, it's not, it looked like they had something really cool set up there. I don't I don't know where they were. Uh, but yeah, we are going to come back and and do. Uh, we'll get we'll get uh, an interview with Victoria Reynolds in in twenty minutes, one way or another here. So. Back to this pandemic flux syndrome. There are some, there's some polling based on this. During the week of June 14, as vaccinations were becoming widespread and public life seemed to be returning to normal, Gallup classified 59.2% of Americans as thriving based on their response to a survey that asked them to evaluate their lives. The highest average score on that measure in 13 years. Optimism was through the roof. And that was uh, there was there was this uptick. There was this 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 feeling. And and this is June, July, August, June 14, two months ago. Joey, how much of, has, has my position even changed in the last two months? Or I don't say my position. My positions don't really change. But, you know, on some well, on the vaccine, it's uh, gotten a little more anti covid and like, no, like. But, but even that says, like, if you don't want to have kids, if you're getting paid a lot of money, if you've done the research on the vaccine you're getting, you know, if it's essential for your job or your, your life or something, and you can't quit your job, if all of those things are true, oh, and you have, you have no medical potential complications with that vaccine, okay, then maybe consider getting it. I, I've just gotten a little a little tighter in that. Am, am I flux, Mike Freeman? Do you, I, so June 14th. Two months ago, it did feel like we were coming out of this. And remember, we did we used to do the curve of tyranny. I mean, we need to wipe all this stuff off the whiteboard so we can go back to that, right? The curve yeah. of tyranny was, it was going to go up and then it was going to come down in steps, right? And I think I I did I did two things very wrong with my with my curve of tyranny chart. One is that I I didn't include the possibility, although I did include this in my narrative. I didn't always tell people this couldn't happen or I didn't foresee this, um, but that there would be up curves, right, with with variants. I remember I did say, like, hey, there are going to be variants. They're going to be less deadly and more contagious, and they are going to be used as an excuse to keep things going. I didn't really anticipate them being used as the excuse to accelerate things as I think they are now. And in the last two months, this is what's got people in this pandemic flux syndrome state is that we had they gave us from like you know april may june vaccinations were becoming widespread and we didn't expect them to be such a failure we didn't expect the resistance to actually be so high we didn't expect them to use this as a wedge issue and a way of denying the mythology's uh, effectiveness itself. Do we have guests ready now? All right. All right, well, let's try it again. Do we have, uh, 
Well, do we have both of them? Yeah. All right. With that awesome. Let's background. do a live test. Do we have? Let's get Dean and and Curtis up here. How y'all doing? Can you hear Hello. us? Beautiful. All right. Proper introduction awesome. again. Beautiful. Sorry about that. That was my hand. Headphones not working. You know how it goes. Babylon is crumbling. I wouldn't be surprised. See, we have for us. It's oh. Verizon just doesn't feel like having service out here Fuck this morning Verizon. sometimes. And, you're, and, and I have to talk them hard. Yeah, well, we are. We are. And I can't talk about it publicly just yet. But yes, we're. All right. So, hello. Restart. I love your background. I love the hat. Thank we're you. We're going to go in here. All right. Handmade. Dean Richards. What? Sorry? Handmade. Made oh, me. Made me. Made me. Made All right. Me. We'll, get, we'll get all the no. plugs in. I love it. All right. No, hold on. All right. Me. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are talking to Dean Richards and Curtis Carpenter, founders of Lit Psychoactive Hemp, Maryland-based psychoactive hemp company offering handcrafted smokables and vaporizables. We have to use I like vapables. Can we say vapables? Does that make us sound? Vapables work, that, I guess. I sound too millennial. Vaporizables. Vaporizables. <laughs> That's not a real word yet, but we're making it if you call it vaporizables, they can't tax it as hard. Uh, yeah, they utilize <laughs> cannabinoids like Delta 8, Delta 10, CBN, high-quality hemp flour. And what they're doing is creating a lot of workarounds in Maryland. And this is this is actually really cool because we are at this weird phase of, of quasi-legalization where yes. exploring things like this is, is, a, is, is now possible – with, I, I mean, I, we're, we're going to find out from these guys what they think their liability is. But you couldn't have done this 10 years ago. You, if no. you tried to do this 20, 30 years ago, you guys would be locked up doing 10 plus year sentences for what you're doing now, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I so already served three months off of a year sentence. So it's like it could be way worse if I was doing now what I was doing then, you know. All right, so LIT stands for Loving Intelligent Individual Thought. So get LIT, stay LIT. That's a Most beautiful definitely. inspiration. I don't Thanks. know if you guys want to take us back. How did the start? How did you get the name? Um, well, the name, you know, we were bouncing around. Our LLC is Dank Future LLC. Uh, we're Straight Dankness LLC, uh, a.k.a. Dank Future LLC. Um, so we were looking for, you know, a good logos that just, you know, rung with a lot of people. And you know, lit. I, you know, I have my Danku boy, and I have a hat that says "Stay Lit" on it, um, with the Danku boy smoking and blowing out the smoke on it. Um, so we were like, "Yeah, stay lit." And then Curtis had some great ideas of what lit truly means, because you know, the, uh, loving intelligence, being an individual, uh, thinking—that's what me and this man are all about. You know, yeah. your own. Think of your own. Exactly. Uh, everybody's got a place. Everybody's intelligence doesn't fit in everybody else's place, but that's how it all works. You know, everybody's got their own piece where they fit in the puzzle. Yeah. All right. So can you connect for us your skill sets? Yeah, that's a better shot. I like that framing. There you go. Your your background, your skill sets. I mean, how old were you when you started smoking pot? You know, give give us like a, with the lead into the interest in the first place and the connection oh, yeah. with you know cannabis based drugs, psychoactive. But you know, maybe your your drug history or mental health issues that 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 Lots fueled of all of this, right? Oh yeah. Well, like for me personally, 
Um, you know, I started smoking cannabis when I was about 11, 12. It was within that summer area I was about to turn. Um, mm. For me, it was just like at first it like freshened me up. I had a lot of issues being, uh, you know, an introvert, like hardcore as a little kid. It was me and my toys and my magical world. Uh, we moved around a lot. So I never really got to meet a lot of kids. And my parents had a lot of issues together, uh, dad in and out of jail, whatnot. Um, so for me, it was like, you know, I focused and I, you know, stayed in my own mind. The The moment I smoked weed, I had hit a bong. Family member was like, hey, you know, try this out, Nikki. That's that's what they call me and my family. My name's Nicholas Dean, guys, Richards. So they like, hey, hit this bong, Nikki. And I'm like, all right, I know what a bong is. I'm going to hit this sucker. Finally, I get to. I hit it. And I ended up going through every single room in the house, opening up the door saying, hey, where's the cream filling? So I like <laughs> uh, those commercials of that day. So, you know, for me at that age, it was like, oh, my God, I feel like I just want to go talk to people. I want to run around. I want to do wow. things, you know, and I was running around. I was so hyperactive that I couldn't connect with people. Okay, can I, can I, I want to hold on. Hold on, Dean. I want to interrupt with a practical question, if you don't mind, uh, because and, and this is one of the reasons I'm excited to talk to you guys. And I'm excited about the subject in general is that we are figuring out how to use cannabis. Yes. In 2021. What the yeah. fuck? What took us so long? No, but the reason I, I wanted to interrupt is that, that you said that this had a socializing effect for yes. you. That, yes, and, very much. And, and, and I want you to explain if to the extent that you can, because we don't even understand all this, but how and why it had that effect for you, while for some people it has the opposite effect. Some well, strains, some circumstances, things like that. But the, a lot of people go, yeah, I love I love smoking pot, but I can only do it at home alone. And I wish I could enjoy it more socially, but it makes me a dork. You know, I, I stutter and I get more, you know, introverted and I just oh, want to yeah. play video games and shit like that. So can you connect that for people in a practical way? Well, I mean, you know, to each their own, to be honest, you know, each body is totally different. The way that we uh, utilize these cannabinoids, the chemicals that go off in your brain, off into all your body centers, uh, that's really like each to their own. But, you know, a lot of folks, um, you know, if you have uh, high amounts of certain terpenes and certain cannabis, or if you've already had a lot of social issues, so like you went out into social world and you didn't like it, people were mean to you, things like that. You know, I didn't have that personally. It was more just I was never really taught exactly how to socialize with people. So for me, it was just like an eye opening. I, I, I don't care what people think of me now. Some people, because of the stigma, mm. I feel that cannabis has just placed in our brains. As soon as you puff up and your mind feels that effect, you start going into, oh, my God, what are everybody going to say? Is people going to make fun of me or are they going to, you know, your mind starts yeah. rolling, you yeah. know, so that's what I see from a lot of people is just we were treated like shit for so long. And now it's finally time uh, to shine, but the brain and, you know, the post-traumatic stress just will not allow that. You know? Yeah, I'd like to, if, if I may interject before we get back to your story real quick. One of the things that that I want to up my game on is conscientious, deliberate use as opposed to casual, like, hey, it's a nice adjustment. It makes food taste better and music sound better. And it's fun in the evenings to get stoned. But I want to be more deliberate and, and engaged with it. And I think what you said there about the socializing is yeah. very important. And it's like having a bird on your shoulder for the first time. If you walked around with a, a parrot on your shoulder, you'd be like, oh, shit. You know, what that, what's it going to say now? Yeah. Yeah, if you've done it a few times, 
you can have a giant fucking eagle sitting on your shoulder and you can walk around and be yeah, cool. Like, I'm the, yeah, exactly. President. You yeah. positively that way. And I, I, I love that you figured that out at, at what age you said? Uh, I was 12, about 11 to 12. It was during the summer. Well, actually, no, I was 12. I, uh, it was right before Halloween. Yeah. So I just turned 12. Yeah. All right. So how did that, how, how, back to your, your narrative, how did that motivate you to get to where you are now? Okay. So, well, what I didn't know is that a, a lot of the reason why it made me that way is I, I had a thyroid disease. I stopped growing at about mm. 13 years old. I'm five foot four. Uh, I just got back to 115 pounds. So uh, cannabis was one of those things that uh, if I wanted to actually pay attention in school, I needed cannabis. If I actually wanted to uh, get active mm. and get up out of my room and go run around, I needed cannabis. It was oh, one wow. of those things that, yeah, when I didn't have cannabis, I would start to uh, have a lot of physical issues and get, you know, very dreary. And at first, a lot of adults were saying, oh, well, that's because you have an addiction to cannabis. Like, no, because I actually stopped for an entire year because I had gotten a lot of my system back in order. Um, I, I have, you know, major thyroid disease and I got everything back in order. Everything was great until my body was just like, no, it's not anymore. and just started fucking everything up. As soon as I used cannabis again, bam, it was like that didn't happen. So I was like in a weird world where uh, I was like, okay, I, cannabis works for me, but nobody listens until I almost died in Colorado and everybody saw basically what like, kept me alive. And if I wouldn't have keep eating uh, CO2 oil, I wouldn't have been able to eat anything else. And I would have gone way past my 72 uh, pounds, been hospitalized and most likely started. Mm. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I owe it to cannabis. It kept me alive. Um, you know, my family understands that. So that's why my family backs me now. My mom who first was like, no, I don't want you doing that stuff. Now she's just like, so I have some friends and they could use some advice. Yeah, yeah right. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, no, I, I just want to point out that it, this reminds me of of um that bullshit statistic they used to to you know fear push the drug war was well smoking cannabis causes schizophrenia and I'd be like well if you if you look at Dean's case smoking cannabis causes thyroid regulation issues and you're like yeah no, exactly no yeah. no and it's like That's Kids naturally finding shit that treats things that their parents either made illegal or at best don't even understand. And it's like, no, there's so I, I, it's like, I just I love that your story sort of reinforces this important truthful narrative yeah. that just decimates trust in their manipulation of statistics. Oh, so, yeah. Curtis. Your personal story, what's what motivated you? Uh, I mean, yeah, I started at 12. I'm 36 now. Um, it was just with uh, some friends, um, but we got it from my uh, older uh, brother and sister. We were out in the woods, we were smoking. Um, but what I didn't realize at the time, even though I re uh, didn't realize yeah, it was recreational, um, I was taking... Uh, ADHD medications and things like that. My mom would put them on um, from the age of four to the age of 13. Um, but after I started smoking uh, weed, you know, I started to notice that the two medications together didn't work well. And it wasn't, it wasn't the cannabis. It was the cannabis just showing me how bad those medications actually were and to realize mm. 
that I shouldn't be feeling because I never felt right with those medications because it was always from this medication to that medication to this medication, you know, so there's ups and downs. There were like in third grade, I was looking at my fingers thinking there were hairs coming like just weird shit, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, at the age of 13, I weaned myself off. You know, I chose cannabis over the medications. My mom was cool with it. Um, It helped me to calm down. It helped me to stay like on an even keel. Um, Fast forward, if you want to fast forward, a lot of in between, you know, there was, uh, it helped me to stay calm, but I was using it recreationally as I thought. But when the medical program, fast forward to when the medical program came to Maryland, um, they, uh, some of those places were actually teaching a little bit about the terpenes and stuff. And this was slightly before I met Dean. Um, I've learned so much more because of him um, than I ever have or think that I would have if I had just uh, got a job Mm. in the industry, like the medical marijuana industry in Maryland. Um, But basically in 2015, I had uh, decompression laminectomy surgery. Um, And of course, you know, I was on pain management for a year before the actual surgery. Once I got done with the surgery, they gave me a little bit of Percocets and sent me on my way. You don't get any more after that. So I started going through withdrawals. Okay. The pains in my legs, couldn't eat, felt sick, body uh, exhausted, sweat. Um, and I, I obviously, because I was on pain management at that time, I had to quit smoking uh, weed. Um, so a friend of mine gave me some weed. Man, I started eating flapjacks and just <laughs> my legs were feeling good and I was in a good mood. And I... From that point, I started to really think about, it, especially with a little bit of knowledge that I had learned from the medical program about these things. And it sort of sparked a bigger interest in me to find out more about why have I been using cannabis this whole time? You know, what has it really been doing? What can it do for other people? Um, and my wife. So we ended up about a year or so later, once I started getting into the medical program and actually understanding these cannabinoids and terpenes a little bit more. Uh, my wife uh, was on Seroquel and a bunch of different other medications. Mm-hmm. She was on Seroquel for like two years. So you can't just come straight off of that cold turkey. That's going to be really, really bad. Um, so she she was on pain management. So she wasn't allowed to smoke weed per se. But we started off with CBD, you know, and she started vaping that with nicotine. That allowed her to get off of that medication uh, mm-hmm. easy. Like I... I didn't even, you know, it was just sort of so smooth. We didn't realize it where the withdrawal said there, like there were no withdrawal symptoms because she stayed on that. She was able to get off of that. And after realizing that and all the, my different experiences, I was like, why are we not promoting this? I've, I, and, and my thing was I've been, I've been smoking cannabis since I was 12. It's all that I know. I've gotten in trouble for cannabis. You know, I've always been for cannabis just because it was it was one of my favorites it, it just kept everything homeostasis that's the word i'm looking for well, everything I, I, chill and relaxed yes, yes well i think your story actually illuminates the answer as to why cannabis is still technically illegal because you smoked it you ate a bunch of flappies your legs felt really good and next thing you know you're the fastest woman in the world oh wait no that's shikari richardson's story sorry um, <laughs> but yeah uh they they have this incredible denial that stories like yours illuminate. And, and I, I, it, it's once you've heard enough of these, 
It's fucking maddening. But there are enough people hearing them now. There are enough, and there are enough people like you who are taking this as entrepreneurs and taking it to the next level. So um, I, I want to ask about, you know, specifics like, you, you know, you mentioned uh, Delta 8, Delta 10, um, you know, other, other, other sort of derivatives like that. I don't know if you guys want to talk about what you're smoking right now. Um, uh, Delta I'm eight. Weed, uh, That's That's why we can marijuana. Here in Maryland, Delta eight THC. Um, this one is, uh, you can't really, but, uh, yeah. So we do like free rolls and whatnot. Certificate of analysis directly on every single package. Most companies actually don't. Hold on. Hold on. Before you get into specific, I want, I want to, I want to back up. Huh? What is psychoactive health? So psychoactive hemp, like when it comes to the brain, things that affect the brain are psychoactive, your psychology, your psycho. Uh, So like, you know, when they say, well, CBD is not psychoactive. Well, does it have any action in the brain? Does it cause the brain to do anything? Right. Yeah, so that has a relaxing effect, even if it doesn't make you high. It the, the line is yes. the, the line is it psychoactive or not? Is kind of a stupid line, right? Because yeah, if you have really if you're dehydrated and you have a headache from being dehydrated, you drink water. That's psychoactive water if it makes your headache go away, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, like you know, certain uh, cannabinoids don't go directly. Uh oh, freeze on your end. Yeah. Oh you know, no! Oh, he's back. He's back. Oh, just another trip. Babylon is crumbling. All right, they're back. <laughs> um, Go ahead. So, like, when it comes to like the CB1 receptor, um, that more has more activity in the brain in certain centers of your body, where the CB2 receptors have other activity. So, CBD reacts more on your CB2 receptor. It doesn't have a, a really reaction in the CB1, um, but CBD can block THC. So, there's all these different uh, chemical reactions that can happen. So what we essentially do is we kind of cut out any of the big blocks there um, and we utilize Delta 8 THC, which is just a molecule adjustment off of Delta 9 THC. Um, And essentially it's working on the CB1 receptor. It just doesn't have the connectability as fast as D9. So a lot of the effect is, you know, kind of the same. It's just a little bit clearer in the head. But, um, you know, if I gave you 10 milligrams to smoke, of D8 versus uh, five milligrams of D9, they'll probably affect you about the same. Okay, well, I want, I, I, I've got some skepticism here. And maybe okay. it's my own bias, but you know, I'm, I'm about I, I, y'all's age, I guess. I'm 39. I can pretend to be a millennial. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, when I grew up and was smoking pot uh, and it was, you know, Mexican trash compactor ditch weed, um, the alternative yeah, that you could what so you got high off it though yeah oh yeah well sure well i i was i was desperate enough i was in every last trichome guy in high school i would drink the bong water that's how bad i was (laughs) Um, but the uh the legal equivalent back then was k2 and spice and it was nasty fucking shit and it was oh well it doesn't contain it doesn't contain thc so it's legal and it was it was it was uh like Oregano sprayed with weird chemicals. I don't know where it's from it. And there, well, yeah, people I was are actually, dying I weird shit. But yeah, 
I owned a, a, a incense review company. So what we would do, um, it was called incensereview.com. We were the number two website on uh, the internet. So essentially what we would do is we would have the companies For from incense. all over the world send to us. And we had like about almost five different people. One person, he was like on and off. Um, basically we would receive it. We would personally try it and tell you exactly what was in it, what chemicals were in it, how it was uh, created, and then the rundown mm. of how it made us feel. If it made us feel bad in any way, if we knew that there was any wrongdoing uh, by these companies, we would instantly slam the living shit out of them. But there are some companies right. that utilize like JWHO18, SM2201. These ones, these kind of just work on the uh, CB1 receptor. They're pretty much just like... Um, Delta eight, but then the federal government, I don't know if you remember when, um, Rand stand up, stood up to stop all the research chemicals from being banned instantly, because there's a lot of them that had, you know, good properties to them, even though there was a lot that were very horrible. So he right. wanted to make it where they weren't just instantly banned and then nobody could obtain them. Nobody could test on them besides Bayer or Pfizer over in other countries. Right. So that's kind of what ended up happening there is it, it, it's still here. The spice world is still here in the United States. It's just coming from other countries. They're using different chemicals that aren't exactly traceable because they don't have the testing ability. So that that epidemic is actually still slightly out there. You know, people utilizing things that they think are heroin or cocaine or crystal meth or MDMA. And it's not. It just looks kind of smells, tastes like it, but it's something completely different. So that's still going out there in the world. But if people focus more on hemp, you know, you have your Delta 8, the CBN, your Delta 10s, new things that are kind of coming out on a regular TACO and all that. But you got to look at who's creating it. You know, these things, we're still not exactly sure how detrimental they are on the human. Uh, you know, anything, too much water is detrimental on the human. So, you know, right. what we look at it as is what has been tested, what has been shown to be safe, what can we test on ourselves and show to be safe? Um, and that's what we did. We took a good bit of time to do research and testing on ourselves over and over and over again. Found other people say, hey, how does this make you feel long term? How does this make you feel? And, you know, a lot of the negatives um, really have been towards other companies where they retest their product. It's very low uh, dose from what they were saying. And there's so many other things. We we have it tested in multiple realms. Make sure that what we have in it is what we say that we have in it. Um, so, so my 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 other skepticism of this is: Are these just legal? How much of this is temporary? Like, hey, we're doing this to get around legal shit temporary. right now, but oh, <laughs> we, we defeat the whole drug war. This is all going to be irrelevant. Or is it that what you're doing is really pioneering something that is going to be useful for the long run and create new means for people to explore their their consciousness? Well, we feel it's both. Yeah, I mean, we're hoping for the latter, definitely. Um, you know, that was our thing is when we came into this industry and started, we realized how the industry was, medical, hemp. Uh, it wasn't very good. So we figured if there's a, you know, you can't necessarily kill an old system, but you can make a new one and make the other right. one obsolete. Yep. So it's sort of like if we start a new standard oh, and our standard is the top, people will eventually start coming over to the standard and then that will have to change the industry. Yeah. That's the idea. Yeah. We've seen that standard is low as fuck. Okay. And we've gone and tested at certain uh, test laboratories where hundreds of different uh, companies dealing with D8 and other psychoactive uh, hemp derived cannabinoids 
And when they would go to tests from uh, like Keja, that's who we went to that, uh, in Tennessee, um, all these people would test and it came up illegal. Their D9 and THCA was way over or a lot of their uh, values were not what they were claiming them to be. Um, and we oh. were one of the only companies that actually claimed what we claimed. It came out legal and showed the amount that we stated that it did. Um, so, you know, that right there gave us a lot of clout to where other individuals wanted to start working with us uh, more because, you know, I worked in the cannabis industry from Colorado to Maryland. I helped train three different shops here in Maryland. I grew and did bud tending over in Colorado, three certificates from THC University, Jorge Cervantes. So like I for me, me it's a world. What was that? Did you are the savant of weed? <laughs> no, it's, it's not that. It's just I, it's it saved me, so I got to save it. It saved my life, so I have to pay it back. That's He's a genius. Here. He'll never admit it, but I'll call him a genius all day long. <laughs> I would only call him an idiot when he calls me a genius. That is the only time. <laughs> I. I <laughs> I just, I think and question. That's what I do. I question everything, even what I think myself. And I do that. I get down to a couple of ideas that seem like they really work. And then I question the living fuck out of that until I just can't anymore. If I can't anymore, then shit, that might be the right way. So let's just, maybe somebody else will question it. And then we can have a debate. I love that. Sounds like a solid process. All right, gentlemen, I want to end with a big question for both of y'all in terms of the social implications for this. I mean, y'all know, for me, I wear my libertarianism on my sleeve. I put that first and foremost because I want to achieve a voluntary society because I want everybody to be able to live in peace and harmony and respect for every human being. And I, I see that the, the psychological enlightenment of this is going to be so critical to move whatever you're whether you're libertarian or not i hope we all as good people share the vision of a world of people living in harmony and violence and we know that cannabis and and ending the drug war has a major role to play in it so for y'all specifically for your work how do you connect what you're doing to that bigger vision of human progress well um you know, I was a, uh, a registered libertarian for years um, under Ron Paul's uh, run when Obama was going on. That's when it first started. Before then, I was more on the uh, liberal tip. Now I'm on the anarchist tip because I'm tired of every polit uh, political party. I just I haven't gotten what I want in life out of it. So I'm just waiting until the people are understanding of the way that the government works versus the people and that in actuality the government is us and we need to shut the fuck up and either help each other or leave each other the fuck alone it's what you do is none of my business it's none of my business but if you want to help me in my business come along just don't don't fuck up my business that's just kind of how we see and that's what cannabis has kind of done for the world it's like hey man mm. We can join together. We can do something good together. But you know what? You you mind your own business over there, and I'll mind my own business over here. And maybe we can make good things happen in the middle. You know, that's just yeah. the way I am. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're all about it. You know, I mean, that's the big thing you guys are going to start seeing. Uh, you know, the social aspect of cannabis is huge. You know, just about you want to bring people together. Light up a joint, you know what I mean? Most of the people, if you ask, hey, you want to smoke? Most people are going to say yes, you know? Um, and then there's there's people out there, too, that even though they don't smoke, they still support us. And they support our uh, right to choose. 
we want more than just to get high. We want clothing made. We want, you know, buildings made, the whole nine yards. We want to change this whole entire thing because it's all been done wrong for way too long. Um, You know, and the thing is, we all need to move up together. Don't leave anybody behind, you know? Um, Unless you're being forced to go pick them up. (laughs) Don't tell me what to do. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, you guys are going to start seeing what, what's you're going to because cannabis is social. You guys are going to start seeing um, social consumption spaces just start popping up everywhere because that's the thing. You yes. know, if you want to break that stigma, you need to give yes. people that 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 calmness, that safety, that but comfort. Hard to smoke with a mask on. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I mean that, that's the thing. You're gonna start seeing social consumption spaces, things that everybody can do. They're gonna start adding. You know, it's gonna be just like beer. They're gonna start adding it in everywhere. And I, I, I'd love for cannabis to be the new wine core. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, better. yeah, no, I, I absolutely. Your website we got on screen here, lit with two eyes, lithemp.com. No, I, I love I love that, that that there's that cultural frontier right now because I don't all the every time I hear culture war I hear bullshit ideological manipulation but in terms of a culture war of improving the culture bringing yeah. people cannabis and togetherness and community in you know the the Amsterdam coffee shop perhaps business model or just community centers or cafes or hemp lounges or whatever. I think that's huge. I'm really honored to have you guys join us today and taking the time to share your work with us. Um, Maybe you can come visit and actually share some, some more. We're trying, man. I'm so sorry, (laughs) brother. We've been really trying. We got so busy. There was a point in time where we were like, all right, I think we can go over to that area. And then it was like, no, you got to go to Florida instead. So we're 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 gonna make it over there. You and Joey, we're gonna be passing some slips around. Yeah, man. You, you'll, you'll be like Joey. You never want to move back to Maryland. I know. I know. I know. Yeah, when we last time we went to Nevada, we went to Arizona area. We we're like, man, this feels so good, you know. <laughs> but we were I mean, in the range of the Sedona vortices here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, here we're in the eye of chaos is where we're at. You're still under the cloud of D.C. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, I I vibrate the closer I get to it. And more importantly, uh, you are within the blast radius of Washington, D.C. I've I've already looked at it. I've already planned it. If I just hit that 70 and go that fucking way. I, it's like even two hours after it blasts, I still got some time. I've already. Outrun the nukes. You're going to outrun the nukes. Yeah, I'll be but here. In if only if it's in DC, directly in DC. If it's anywhere else, I'm fucked. In DC, <laughs> I still have about 35 minutes to start going that way before I don't have to touch the nuclear fallout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's right, a few gentlemen. websites that show you where the wind blows and the fallout and where it all goes. I just can't remember what's called at the top of my head. So, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, well, the so important deep. website. Lit Hemp. Check it out. Lit Hemp. Support Dean Curtis. Support the effort to bring cannabis all the way into the mainstream. Right now, we've got just the tip. We're going for the full thing here. Uh, Full saturation effect. LitHemp.com. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you for having us, brother. Appreciate it. Keep up the great work. All right. We got to go right to our next guest who's been very patiently waiting all right, I want to. I got to introduce her properly because I, I know Victoria. She's awesome. Like, and I've got. The, I'm like, oh, geeking out on the colors on the uh, Lit Hemp page. Victoria Reynolds is the uh, chairman, chairwoman, 
No, not anymore. What? It was you were the chairman. You look, you look like healthier and vibrant. You must not be the chair anymore. Uh, but no, Victoria came to the U.S. for college, stayed for freedom. Uh, she has degrees in economics and philosophy. Uh, became active in Colorado politics in 2016, first as volunteer coordinator for Douglas County for Gary Johnson, and then uh, various positions within the LP of Colorado. She was the state chair and then realized that it was a terrible, terrible job and tricked someone else into taking the position. She uh, founded the Denver affiliate, was fundraising director, chairman for the state party, co-founded Ladies for Liberty, an important institution in our movement, and uh, that was... Uh, founded to educate and encourage women to participate in the defense of civil liberties, civil liberties and legislative action. But today, Victoria is joining us to tell us about what she's doing about mask mandates in Colorado. Holy shit, that's a thing. And all the communism going on in Colorado. Um, so let's go with a little bit of history. March 12th, 2020. The governor decides to limit gatherings to less than 250 people. Victoria Reynolds decides to start the movement to open Colorado with a bunch of um, friends and activists, uh, some libertarians, some independents, some Republicans, some Democrats, some people of all the different uh, walks of life that just saw that the stay at home order was coming in in a few weeks and it was going to be very, very dangerous. And it did. Um, we organized the first protest in Colorado. We had three women standing there. Uh, three days later, we organized the second protest. We had 13,000 people. So um, I am not against masks. I'm not against vaccines. I'm not against whatever you want to put into your body go for it. You want to do mushrooms, do mushrooms. You want to do cocaine, do cocaine. I you will then. Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking to me. Get vaccinated, get vaccinated. I don't do those things. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean you have to, that I have to stop you from doing it. Okay. Well, other than maybe one of those things, and I'm not going to say what. Uh, <laughs> Fine. I will. Oh, wait, you're still not talking to me. Uh, <laughs> So this is, this is happening uh, Sunday, August 15 at the state capitol. And it's funny, you're using Facebook for your event page. Absolutely. But whatever you got to do. huh? Absolutely. We use Facebook I, and we use the, the, um, the Libertarian Pledge to not um, – that we certify the, uh, and oppose the initiation of force to yes. achieve political or social goals. Yes, um, I see that front and center on a graphic here. Yeah. Um, I, I love that you put that front and center. No, I I, I didn't mean, I, I'm making fun of the sort of reality that we kind of yeah. have to use. Like I, I started, I disengaged from Facebook and have sort of been boycotting it. But I'm like, wait, if I was going to host an event now, where would I put it on the internet? You know, like, wait, didn't right. we just, Facebook event, and it's like, shit, when is Twitter going to, with their slightly less evilly censored event conversation at, oh, well, we got Eventbrite, all right, there's alternatives. And no, there's, you know, I, it's just funny. There's, um, of course, um, Facebook seems to be the easiest and most widely spread one. Until they, until they just pull your page for spreading medical misinformation. Right. Well, the first day that we started the page... And this is how the page grew from zero to over 200 people in half an hour. 
um, as soon as we put up the page, Facebook warned people that there might be extremist content in our page. <laughs> so we got a lot of likes and follows. Thank you, Facebook. We appreciate yeah. telling us that, that we yeah. are extremists in our views because we don't want to mandate or force other people to do what is what we think is better or you know to mandate our morality on other people my body my choice that is what the protest is about um we believe that we alone own our bodies that we do not belong to the government that we do not belong to political organizations we do not belong to the state, the city, the county, we belong to ourselves. Our bodies are ours. They're not anybody else's. And it's not that we oppose vaccines. Several of the people who are protesting have been vaccinated. It's not that we oppose masks. Several of the people protesting wear masks. We oppose making it obligatory, forcing us forcing others to wear masks. Um, my boss recently had to go out of state and his two-year-old won't wear a mask. So he had to drive the 22 hours to wherever they were going um, because the two-year-old refuses to put on a mask. Yeah. The airlines are forcing this two-year-old who can't catch this virus, who wouldn't be contagious, whose parents are vaccinated to wear a mask. Where's the logic in that? Why? Yeah. And it's not the airline that's mandating it. It's the government. Now, Victoria, I want everybody to know that I totally support this. I, I, I encourage everybody to be here. If you can be there, it's it's this coming Sunday, August 15. Um, yeah, on my calendar, it's in Pacific time. So 11 a.m. to noon, Colorado <laughs> Mountain Time, right? Colorado State Capitol West Lawn. You, if you can remember that, that's it. Be there, okay? Um, so, but Victoria, I want to challenge you on on one aspect of this because I, I, I mean, I, I just said I, I, we all pull together. If, if this is the critical thing, we can agree on like that. The mandates are, are are a red line for for not just for libertarians, but anybody who has a standard of caring about basic civil liberties and right. respect for individual medical choices, even that right. there's some like, yeah, you want to have a special sanitary area. That's fine. But you want to say every airplane, everybody has to wear what you want because of your selfish desire to control other people's behavior. So you can feel safe. Fuck that. But I feel like this is what I want to challenge you on. I feel like your position is almost a pathetic retreat from like when you say, well, I, of course we're for, we're for, we're, we're, were for uh, for freedom that you have the freedom to wear masks. You have, and, and I would I would take the same ethical. You know that I share your libertarian ethical position. We we have the same you know foundation and ethics, right? Yeah. Um, but to say, well, we're not against masks, we're not against vaccines. I I could I would I would really strongly want for myself at least to rephrase. I'm not against your freedom to wear a mask, and I'm not against your freedom to take a vaccine, but 
a piece of fabric over your mouth that makes you more likely to get a transmitted disease because you're touching your face, you're rebreathing air. It doesn't do anything. In fact, it increases the the risk of transmission of airborne flu-like right. pathogens. So it's it's, a, it, it's in Asia where they have a, a tradition of wearing medical masks. It's a signaling device to say, I'm sick, stay away from me, be careful with contact with me. It's not, hey, this mask is protecting you from me because we know it's bullshit. So no, I'm against that when it's like vaccines. Like, yes, I can say I'm for vaccines in principle. I recognize the historic value and medical potential of vaccines, but vaccines being pushed now that are experimental, being pushed by historically corrupt vaccine companies that are saying, we're not going to take responsibility if these vaccines hurt you. And we're going to pay for it with tax dollars in the system of American corporatism, where the only justification for these vaccines in the first place are statistics that were manipulated to say that anybody who died with COVID died from COVID. And so we can't do an adequate risk reward balance, but we're going to jump into having government spend money on them. I'm against that. You know, I'm not going to say I'm neutral on that. Well, you know, even if they had been FDA approved, even if the vaccine companies had liability, which they don't, even if there weren't cases of deaths and severe injury from vaccines. Right. I still support the right of people who are educated and knowingly want to put that into their body. Hey, they can not do- with my tax dollars, but not, not with not with money that you stole from the American people. That's not what we're talking about here. I you'd still categorically no, you don't have yeah, you have the right. I support vaccine freedom. You have the right to make that individual choice for yourself. Absolutely no one should have the right to interfere with it. But when we're talking about COVID vaccines now. The existence of these vaccines is premised on so much fraud and violation of the non-aggression principle. I don't want to. uh, Yes, you as an individual have the right to make that choice. Government doesn't have the right to create this. You as a better and you as a healthcare provider don't have the right to push medicines without informed consent. And there's no informed consent here. So, like, I, I mean, I, I, again, I, I, I respect you doing this. I wholeheartedly support what I think what you're doing is a kind of almost mainstreaming uh, by saying, hey, we're going to we're going to focus on this one issue. And I I still support that. But it it, it breaks my heart that where we're at now is is like a fallback from that that we're, we're in this defensive position of let's protect ourselves from mandates as opposed to let's attack this whole fucking evil system and push back and make sure they never get to do this again. But that's yeah. the Libertarian Party, not the protest, right? Okay. Well, that's the Libertarian Party, not the protest. The protest has people who are progressives, left-wing, leaning, almost communist progressives. Uh, we have Republicans. We have Democrats. We have Green Party people. We have Libertarians. We have Independents. We have a bunch of people who have switched their political affiliations in the in the past few months because... You know what? They complied. They wore the mask. They stayed at home. They put the experimental vaccination. And now they're being told you still have to wear a mask to go to work for the state or say a city, county, um, private industry that's big enough for public contact. Uh, you still have to. Now they're talking about getting making them get a third shot, a booster. And it's like, when is this going to end? The answer is, as long as we comply, it is never going to end. And we need to stop complying. 
Yes. Tell the government, yes. look, look, you cannot make me wear a damn thing over my mouth to make me look like, I don't know, a sheep. Um, cool bandana. Pardon? <laughs> cool bandana. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I'm not going to wear something over my, my face when it's stupid. I'm not sick. I'm not going to get anybody sick. You know, if I'm sick, I stay home. I don't go out. I don't feel well enough to go out when I'm sick. And, you know, and these vaccines, um, I lost an employee two days after he got the shot. He was found dead in his apartment. Uh, cause of death inconclusive for three months. Inconclusive? Mm. Uh, really good friends. Uh, 52 years old, Kevin Earl. He had the shot on Wednesday. He was found dead on Friday. People thought it was a suicide. Uh, the coroner thought otherwise. Cause of death, Pfizer vaccination. My aunt Ceci and my uncle Pippin both had the Pfizer vaccine. Also Pfizer, huh? Weird. Um, April, the end of April. And by April 30th, both of them suffered heart attacks. They're alive, thank goodness. But um, their cardiologist said that he saw a high increase of rate of myocarditis among yeah. patients of the third age who have received the shots. Yeah. Um, my best friend growing up in uh, elementary school, she had the Moderna vaccine in March because she has a lot of different health conditions. The first shot caused so many neurological problems that she has been in uh, occupational therapy and physical therapy for the last uh, several months, uh, trying to be able to stand again and walk again. So when I'm talking about these experimental vaccinations, if you know that this could be the case, that if you know that you could die from this, that you could have side effects, that you could, you know, if there was an open and honest conversation and the vaccine companies were using their money, not mine, yeah. to do the R&D and tell you, you are a guinea pig and you decide to do it, go for it. I don't care. I see Timothy Peter Jr., my friend's mother died from yeah. a what? She was a nurse. The vaccine potential cause has been under investigation. Last heard months ago. Th this kind of stuff is not being reported. It is being hidden. If you read the CARES Act, there is a special fund for vaccine injury that is created by the government to pay people with vaccine injury from my tax dollars, from your tax dollars. But the Companies, the big pharmaceutical companies making these vaccines have zero liability. You cannot sue them for any kind of damage, unintentional or intentional. Those words are in the CARES Act. It's kind of fun to read. Uh, of course, the legislators that passed that didn't even read it because it was over 800 pages. So we have a problem here. We have a really, really big problem. And the problem is not COVID-19. The problem is not 
the vaccines. The problem is not pieces of cloth that you put over your face. The problem is government infringement. Yeah. The problem is government propaganda. Now, in uh, where I grew up, the word propaganda <laughs> means advertisement. It's what you use to promote an idea, a product, to make people buy it. Um, in English, I imagine it has the same roots, propaganda, and um, it probably comes from the same Latin word. And it means make you buy it. We're going to sell you an idea and we're going to make you buy it. We're going to feed it down your throat and we're going to... Throw pagar, pagar to pay. Pagar to pay, propagar, to propagate or to spread. So it's for payment and for spreading. It is to... Make, make money happen. Make money move. Yes. The goal is to make, yeah, the goal is to make money move. For whom? From the poor to the rich. Right, from the poor to the rich. It's not the left versus the right. It's not, you know, ideal, ideological beliefs that people have. It is the very privileged people in power against the masses. It's always been that. Yeah. And we, the people, believe that there's no government like self-government, or at least I do. And that is what the Ladies of Liberty is founded on. The premise is that there is no government like self-government, that we know what is best for us. It's not that we don't want any government, it's that we prefer to govern ourselves. Simple enough. So, Victoria, there's one other event happening in Colorado coming up. Big 50th anniversary for the oh, Libertarian yeah. Party, August 27, 28, 29. Yes. I don't know what you want to get in a plug for that, and then we'll end with the plug to be there this Sunday. So, this Sunday on the 15th, the 15th at 11 o'clock in the morning is our protest, and we want it to be seen by the powers that be in the regular media as something logical. Not that we're some crazy clowns out there that think that we're, you know, anti-science or anti-whatever. We are for self-governance. You know, somebody who's coming in is bringing a sign that says, I got a jab that doesn't mean that you have to or something like that. Um, the party, the 50th anniversary party of the Libertarian Party is... The end of August, there are tickets for sale at lp.org. Um, the cheap seats, and that's the one I got, is $250. It is two days of fun-filled events um, and promoting liberty. It will be at the Lake House on at Cherry Creek in Colorado, in Aurora, Colorado, basically. And there is a VIP ticket for $1,500, I believe. Well, I can't afford that one, so I'm not going to that. I did $1,500 to become a lifetime member. Some Somehow somebody got me drunk or something. And <laughs> yeah, like, what can I, I'm, I'm a lifetime, I'm a lifetime member. Can I sneak into part of this one? Is that, was that, is that one of my perks? That's um, what I tried. Uh, I have to buy the VIP pass. It doesn't include for lifetime membership. There was a really cool party for lifetime members at Freedom Fest though. Uh, in South Dakota, I was there. 
a kind of interesting fact, there were a few cases of COVID from uh, Freedom Fest, and every reported case was somebody who had been vaccinated. Huh. Us, the the ones of the the ones of us that were not, didn't get sick. Pretty weird. All right, and this Sunday. This Sunday, time. Sunday, Sunday, August 15, Colorado State Capitol, 11 a.m. West Lawn. Be there with Victoria. This is so important. If you can be there, definitely if you're in Colorado State, if you're in the region, if you can get there, this is this is going to be uh, a very worthwhile event. And I am I'm grateful that you are organizing that pushback. Another website we've got there on screen, ladiesofliberty.info. Um any any other critical way for people to, to hook up with you to, to find oh, you online? Just on Facebook, they can email us on ladiesofliberty.info. If somebody wants to call me on my cell phone, 720-933-6900, and you want information, we are ladies of liberty. We're not women of liberty. We're not girls of liberty. We're actually full-grown ladies. Uh, we also allow the gentlemen who love us to join us. Oh, we so, so men are definitely welcome to come. Um, children are welcome. Fine, to come. fine, I will. Oh, wait, you were talking to me this time. Okay, cool. Yes, yes. I was talking to you this time. You can come to our protest. Uh, we hope to see everybody there this Sunday at 11 a.m. Denver time at the state capitol west lawn from 11 to 1 it's only a two-hour protest it is at 11 a.m so people can go to their churches and get out in time to get to the protest if you have anything else to do go have lunch at one you know after after the protest it'll be fun it will have a lot of freedom flowing through the air and we are looking forward to seeing everybody there awesome yeah. Thank you so much for joining us for uh, today, Victoria, and for all your great work. Keep it up. All Thank right. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you for having me. It's Thursday. We got through our COVID block. We're all caught up on COVID. Totally. We know everything there is to know about COVID, at least all the practical stuff and then some. But since it's Thursday, it's our catch-up day. We got some cool stuff for Good News Friday. Um, what do we, we have? Oh, no, we don't have a guest. We have a lot this time, this week, we've got good news stories really piled up. And it's not just a typical like cutting edge science and space exploration. There's some really fun stuff, really more practical stuff. But we, we also have um, apes talking. Uh, we have dogs lifeguarding, saving struggling swimmers. We have, uh, we do have more space exploration. We have, uh, it's going to be a lot of good news tomorrow. So we got to get some bad news out of the way. Finally, uh, justthenews.com, big tab, Democrat-led Senate okays more than $4 trillion of spending in less than 24 hours. The Senate passed a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill, which includes $517 billion in new spending, as well as a $3.5 trillion budget reconciliation proposal. Inflation, it's here. We're there. It's at that point. It's that time. From France24.com, young Afghan general takes fight against Taliban to social media. Uh, this is just more imperialist bullshit. This is, uh, but it's interesting how they're making a celebrity out of this 36-year-old highest-ranking uh, soldier in the Afghan official army. That is not the Taliban or the army of the people. Of course, that is the army 
of the imperialist American forces. From the Daily Mail. Com. The Russians have videos of me doing crazy fucking sex. Hunter Biden has seen in unearthed footage telling prostitute that Russian drug dealers stole another of his laptops. I watched some of the video. It's boring. Interesting story, though, if you want to check it out. In the notes, t.me slash Adam versus the man. Uh, we've got some other fun stories. You know, these are going to these deserve. We're going to come back to these in depth next week. I'm sorry. Good stuff, though. Hacker behind the six hundred million dollar crypto heist says he did it for fun. Putin's Gaddafi comeback gambit so's new conflict with the West. And turns out that Max and Playboy covers were all a scam. Jim, give us the producer notes. What's going on? Hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. T.me forward slash Adam versus Man. If you want to get into any of them links, patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the Man. Instagram at the Garden of Freedom. Homefrontbattlebuddies.com. TheCrypto6.com. And GoGreenEnergyOnline.com. Click all those buttons. Visit all those websites in that order. Have a great day, everybody. 40 years ago today, the first IBM PC, one of the early person computers, was released. And with that, peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other.